Hello, good morning, everyone. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, I'm Melvin Gaines. It's uh, Sunday school time at Akron Elias Fellowship Church. We thank all of you for joining us right now. We are going to be playing some music while we allow others to dive on and get with us for Sunday school this morning. We got a pretty full day of church activity, uh, and it's all good because uh, the weather's nice outside, and it'll be great uh, to be able to go and and sit uh, in the sunshine and enjoy the words from the Lord. Uh, until then, let's get back into the Sunday school aspect, and we're going to play some music for you right now. Uh, selection from Anita Wilson, uh, More Than Anything. So please enjoy this while we allow others to get on with us. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Roscoe. Good morning, Arlen. Thanks for being here this morning. God bless you all. Jackie, good morning. Larry and Ann, good morning. Good morning, you're early. are here. Joanne and Charles, thanks for being here this morning. time. Amen. Big time coffee time. <laughs> Not just coffee time, big time coffee time. All the time. One of the worst things in the world is to have a bad cup of coffee. Something that doesn't taste good from the get-go. Quality, quality coffee. 
Must be that. take that very seriously. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> We're not having the church of coffee, though. Not at all. It makes the day go better. Drink it now before I get started talking. Amen, amen. Take your allergy meds today, please, if you haven't taken them already. I can sense it is a high allergy day. It just feels that way. Trees have started blooming. There's pollen in the air. being here this morning. Sunday school this morning. Amen. Give praise to the Lord. Give him praise. That was uh, Anita Wilson, more than anything. Uh, that was uh, a very, very beautiful version of that song. And I appreciate, uh, once again, the praise team providing uh, this uh, music for us. We, uh, it really does set the tone for the day. It starts the day off just right. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Arlen. Thank you, Arlen. Yes, I was getting to that. Uh, <laughs> it's just um, thank you for the uh, assistance with that. It's a team effort. Uh, putting on Sunday school and all of that. So we appreciate everyone jumping in. And I know that uh, something I learned last week, and I kind of kind of guessed it, but I already knew that we recognize that a lot of us who are in Akron who are listening to Sunday school right now, they kind of have it in the background while we are uh, they are preparing to go to church, which is good. There is nothing wrong with that at all because we recognize that you still have to get ready for church. You can't just... Uh, uh, you know, wait until the last minute to do, to put your clothes on and get everything going before you go. So we appreciate the, the fact that people are hanging in and listening in the background. We really do. I think that's just fantastic. 
you can always go back and look at Sunday school uh, messages or lessons online once they, the upload finishes and is complete. We have a full program today. Just as a quick reminder, we will be outdoors today. The uh, service today, uh, by all accounts, will be, don't know if it's in the front or in the back, but we will be outside. We will be outside for the service approximately 11 o'clock. It'll get started. Pastor Gus will be preaching the message today. Uh, for those of you in the Akron and the vicinity, we encourage you to get out today and enjoy the weather. We're going to probably be outside for, I would say, as long as the weather remains above 70 degrees, which should be for a good balance of uh the summer now we will be outside and of course is always weather permitting that if there's rain there's going to be an issue with that but we will uh then we'll take it indoors but uh in the meantime we're outside enjoy that wear your bug spray uh, just be prepared for that wear a sun hat uh in the event that you want to be outside and bring your lawn chairs i will mention that um uh if you're going to give your tithes and offerings at church today that should be outside the church upon entry uh, through the entrance uh, entryway uh, where you can drop off your tithes and offerings in a box and that'll be available for you. If you are not going to Akron uh, for church today, you're welcome to mail your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance Fellowship, 688 Diagonal Road, Akron, Ohio, 44320. We, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, still running a church business as far as the building is concerned and taking care of uh, responsibility, so we appreciate your remembering that. Pastor Gus's message today is also going to be available online in the timeline. For those of you who are not in Akron and you cannot come to church today, you can watch his message online following Sunday School. It will be in the timeline on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page, Taking a Risk to be Blessed. I had a chance to listen to the message. It is a great, great message. I, I highly recommend that you hear that message online if you're not able to come to church today. Uh, we um, are doing everything we can to make sure that we're presenting material that's complete for everyone, whether you're in church or not. We, Of course, if you're not in church and you're not able to participate, we appreciate any likes and comments that you're making on these messages that are provided online as well, too. Uh, just to make sure that uh, people are paying attention, we appreciate that very much. Please like and comment all of those items as they come up. But taking a risk to be blessed will be today's message online for everyone to see. It's a great one. Uh, look out for that. The um, Zoom Bible study is today as well, too, just as a quick announcement. Uh, for those of you who are involved with uh, the Zoom Bible study and you've already provided your email addresses, those invitations went out yesterday at 7 o'clock Eastern and 4 o'clock Pacific yesterday afternoon. So when you, if you're looking for those, you can uh, hunt those down. We want to welcome all of you to Zoom Bible Study who are able to attend this afternoon after you've done got, gotten some sunshine. If you're done getting some sunshine, you're going to go inside and cool off for a little bit. Uh, 5 o'clock today, Eastern Time, Eastern Daylight Time, 2 o'clock Pacific Daylight Time will be our Zoom Bible Study. We'll be resuming our study, and we appreciate your being with us today for that. Uh, we have about an hour uh, of time as well, too, so just be prepared for that, but we appreciate seeing people online, which was kind of the, the whole point of having a Zoom Bible study, to make sure that we're able to see people, um, get in, engage with them, uh, make sure that uh, we're having a Bible study that is uh, somewhat regular, once a month on the fourth Sunday of the month. We appreciate those who are involved with that, and uh, we welcome you. Okay, covered all the business that I can think of right now, and we are going to get back into Titus.
and continue the study in Titus. It is a very good study. Um, and I also just want to remember, for every make a note here before we get started with uh, the, the study, just keep up the prayers for our church, uh, the members, Pastor Gus uh, and Elaine, uh, the, the first family. We want to take care of, make sure we're keeping them up in prayer uh, because of all the uh, things that have been taking place lately. We appreciate your uh, helping to make them sure that they're strong. And uh, thank you for the update that it is in the back, church in the back today. Okay, so that's, uh, appreciate your letting me know that. So we know where we're going to be. Bring your lawn chairs. You're welcome to come outside. And for those, now that I I did want to mention this as well, too. Of course, there is a loosening that has been taking place as far as the uh, issues of masks and social distancing. We want people to be comfortable where they are right now. Um, Essentially, if you are outside and you're distanced from someone, you don't need to have a mask on, which uh, I think is a good thing personally. Once you're close to someone, if you feel more comfortable having a mask on with those individuals around, then go ahead and do that. But I think we need to also just understand and recognize that as we've gotten further into the uh, process where people have been vaccinated and people are moving forward now, we're, we're trying to move forward. We want to make sure that people are comfortable. Uh, but, be, but do these things at, at your level of comfort, please. Don't, don't do anything just because I say it. Just do it because uh, it's wherever you're comfortable. But for the purposes of being outside today, if you're socially distant, um, you really don't need to wear a mask. I would just recommend that you enjoy the weather and enjoy the time outside. Uh, but uh, do what you're comfortable with, and let's go ahead and push on. No and, mask judgment. Uh, and no mask judgment. Absolutely not. That's right. We, uh, we're we not going to get into all that. That's not necessary. We... um. We want you to be comfortable, though. That's the most important thing. And I know when it's warm outside, you just have to take that into account. It's, it's one of those things that you need to recognize. All right, then. We are going to move into Titus chapter 2 and get finish up chapter 2. Not many verses here, but uh, good content to look at. And we will be looking at Titus chapter 2, verses, one, uh, pardon me, verses 9 through 15. Make sure they give the right verses. Titus chapter 2... <laughs> <laughs> verses 9 through 15. I'm not going to cover what I covered last week. I'm going to cover the new section. Uh, verses 9 through 15. I wrote it down right here and still said almost said the wrong thing. Um, the um, has to do with right living in the church. has to do with living a certain way. And there are certain things that we teach to certain individuals or groups based upon their level of uh, understanding and where things are when it comes to faith. And we have to be sensitive to that as... Uh, in the body of Christ as well, too. People are on different levels of understanding and different levels of faith. But there are consistent behaviors that are still involved with all of these individuals that we speak to. And in this particular section of Titus, which we're going to get into after we get into prayer, we're going to be having conversations about uh, how slaves should uh, treat their masters and vice versa, which is a uh, very key element that we need to see here. And the reality that slaves and, and masters were a common element back in the day. And they are. there are many references as far as what we do with employer-employee relationships as a comparative. Because we need to understand that that is the closest thing we can come to that um, as far as that is concerned. But we, we'll get into that. Let's, let's just do that as we go further uh, here in the lesson. So what we'll do now is going to get started with a word of prayer, and we just thank you again for just praying for our church and praying for the members 
praying for those who have been ailing. Uh, I'm just going to mention, and you can pray for these individuals on their own, on your own time. People like Jasper Fambro, just pray for him for his ongoing uh, recovery. I know that he is doing. Um, uh, he's still having to have blood infusions, which is, um, I'm sure, very very uh, time consuming, and it, it has it has a lot to do with his just keeping keeping blood in, in his system and all that. So I want to pray for him and make sure that you're remembering him in your prayers outside of here as well too. Um, my dad is doing much better prayer-wise. He is improved. He is at home. He's resting. There has been some good recovery there. There's still more to do, so we want to keep him in prayer as well too. Good morning, Sarah. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning. We um, And I'm just thankful uh, to have a place like Forest Hills Place, which I was just reminded of that. Uh, to be able to take care of uh, my mom and also Pearl's mom, uh, which is a real blessing to know that that's uh, that it, that it is uh, in, available there. The people there are still uh, going strong and doing what's necessary to keep everyone safe there and, and have a great environment to be in. Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer, and we're going to get started. Thank you, Lord, for this time that you have set aside for us. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence this morning. We thank you for how you just enrich us with the fullness of your presence through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you speak to us now as individuals and as a group. Speak to us according to your word, what you would have us to take away for today. And not just during this time, but all day long as we get involved with looking to you, seeking after you, hearing the words uh, from Gus's message, hearing uh, conversation later in the Bible study this afternoon. Lord, we know that you can do all things and that you readily want us to have a close and vibrant relationship with you. We pray that we continue to seek after you and learn more about you. Allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify us with your truth, because indeed your word is truth. And we thank you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Titus chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. Titus chapter 2. Verses 9 through 15, we are going to cover uh, the second part of Titus, and it is an interesting passage, and we have aspects of Christian living that we're going to be looking at here in this passage that really need to be addressed. And this is the challenge that all of us believers have. You know, the believers, we understand all these things that we are going to be talking about here in this section about behaviors and how to look at uh, how to behave a certain way. And we all recognize these things as, it ha- as we have the discussion about it and how it takes place. But man, when we leave Sunday school or when we leave church and we get into the world, we are challenged to make sure that we remember these teachings. That, that's, that is what we have to understand here, too. It's really amazing to me how many people um, just lose control and just lose it when it comes to life in general. If something bad happens, the way they respond to it, in many ways, is just uh, just appalling. It's like you just lost all sense of uh, understanding. You've lost all sense of goodness. You've lost all sense of grace. Uh, you, you, these are things that we need to understand that Satan does a very good job of distracting uh, not just non-believers, but believers as well, too. Well, non-believers, he pretty much has in his own hands. He, it's the people who are believers that need to really focus on uh, these things like self-control, which is what we talked about last week in the uh, passage. But let's read verses 9 through 15 of Titus chapter 2. 
Starting with verse 9, this is the New Living Translation, just for ease of reading purposes, and follow along in your own version. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. Then they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive in every way. Verse 11, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Verse 13, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Verse 14, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin and to cleanse, to, to cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Verse 15, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. All right, that's Paul's words to Titus in his letter. Uh, it's Titus chapter 2, verses 9 through 15. And let's go back to verse 9, which, uh, again, understanding just as a reminder. What we covered last week when we looked at Titus, we talked about the certain ways to treat certain groups of people in the church. The older men, the older women, um, the younger men, younger women, and a lot of that had to do with respecting the individual, respecting the words that are being spoken, respecting their wisdom and knowledge. Because let's face it, you know, older the older we are, the more knowledge we usually have, typically, uh, as far as how we can impart wisdom to others. And we also wanted to make sure that uh, Paul was mentioning here too, uh, you're teaching the truth, God's word. It is the truth. And we want to do that in such a way where you can't be ashamed of what you're saying. You're being very consistent with the word, and you're imparting this truth and wisdom for others so that they can do the same when they speak to others about Jesus Christ. Back to verse 9. Slaves must always obey their masters and do their best to please them. They must not talk back or steal, but must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy, and they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. Now, we, we, we've talked about this before. I'm going to mention it very briefly because I don't think it's worth dwelling upon too much. But slavery was very common in that day. And one of the things that was important for uh, Paul to do, it, I, I really believe this too, because it was so prominent and so prevalent and because we had those different types of class structures back at that time, we need to recognize that it's a, as a practical matter, if he were to condemn slavery and speak to it and in such a negative way, it would probably hamper his message of the gospel. See, this is what we have to understand about pragmatic, being pragmatic about the times that are, we're referring to here. And we, we need to understand these things, too. It was so prominent and prevalent that there was no – it really wouldn't be helpful to the gospel because I really believe if God wanted that to be communicated, he would have communicated it. But the pragmatic uh, situation here is that God is trying to reach all people, regardless of their stature, no matter where they are, no matter where they come from, whether they be slaves or free. So we need to understand the pragmatism behind that. 
And you know, I I welcome anyone to you know comment on that if they if they believe that's what they, that is not really the case. But this really was an important issue for us to understand here. What is more important, communicating the gospel uh, and and talking about Jesus, or speaking about the truth of the word, or is it uh, much more important for you to uh, condemn acts of behavior? Well, we, that does take place in Scripture. Now let's 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 face it. We don't. They were the the slave owners were not to abuse the slaves and the slaves were not to steal and we're going to look at this here that's exactly what was being said here about what slaves need to do to obey their masters and do their best to please them and of course the same parallel is made uh, that they we want to you know that we compare it to employer employee relationships i don't dwell on that too much because i think that sometimes we can stretch it a little bit too far but in, in, in all honesty, we want to make sure that slaves and masters uh, are doing what they need to do to make sure that they're getting along well and the conduct is appropriate. Take a look real quick at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, verses 5 through 9. And once again, these things are being said to reiterate what's being said already. These were the comments that Paul made to the Ephesian church in the same way. Uh, and again, just saying that slavery was widespread, and so we are. Uh, how are we talking about dealing with interpersonal relationships with others? And so, is there application here between those of us who are not involved with slavery? Certainly, there is. You treat everybody the way they should be treated. You be respectful of everyone, no matter where they are, what they're doing. So let's look at this. Ephesians six, chapter five. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, see this, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. That's what we're looking at here. This, this behavior here is very applicable to who we are as a people. We must be looking at this for what it is. Verse 7 in Ephesians 6, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man. Your servant is the Lord Jesus Christ in all that you do, whether you're at work or at home. And that's what we need to understand here. Verse 8, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bondservant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both your master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. That's the caution for those people who have uh, slaves. And if they're masters, they still have to behave in such a way that they're honoring Christ. That's quite a radical statement to make. This is the point I'm making here about how radical this statement is about behaviors and how to treat people. Because, of course, you, as you can imagine, uh, back then, uh, people were mis mistreating slaves. People were not honoring slaves. Slaves were doing whatever they could behind their back to try to get ahead in whatever way, shape, or form. And, and Paul is saying in both of these instances here in Titus and also in Ephesians, stop it. That's not appropriate behavior. There's a way for you to behave. There's a way for you to do things so that you're going to be giving honor to who? The Lord God in all things. That's what it says again in verse 10. But must show, back in Titus 2. But must show themselves to be entirely trustworthy and good. That's what you have to do. You have to show yourselves to be trustworthy and good. Then they'll make the teaching about God our Savior attractive in every way. Guess what? Slaves are talking to other slaves too. Uh, masters are talking to other masters. The teaching 
of Christ must not be compromised because of your bad behaviors or the things that you're doing. And we need to keep that in mind, too. Um, employees should always work their best, do their best work, be trustworthy, not just when the employer is watching, not just when the boss is in the same room. You know, how, how hard is it sometimes to find people who can be trusted because they have to do things the right way only when the boss is present? That's just not practical sometimes. Sometimes the boss is not going to be present. Guess what? In a, in a remote environment, as we've been over the past year or so, the boss hasn't been present. Guess what had to take place, though? The workers had to still do the work. The people involved in the, in the front lines had to still do what was necessary to get the job done because there's no one standing over them. And that's the important factor that I think a lot of companies are realizing, too, uh, as we get to this point of in, our, in our lives where uh, we can now do some work from home and be just as productive, if not more productive, than we were in the office. And so we've seen a lot of changes recently uh, as far as how companies are even treating this very thing for the purposes of knowing that employees were doing their work and they were having and they were really enjoying doing their work and not having to worry about things like commutes or going back and forth and and worrying about traffic and driving on 480. Amen and amen and amen. Uh, all those all those things that uh, have been taking <laughs> all those things that have been taking place where. Uh, you're spending more time in the car than you are at work sometimes, which is just a, really a bad thing. But we're saying here the point is, is that employees can do the work as they honor Christ. And that's what the work is all about. You're doing your work so that you're honoring the Lord and not just men. Of course, there's a blessing if you do the work and the man recognizes it and you get raises and, and bonuses and all those wonderful things that come with that. But the bottom line is that we need to make sure that we're doing what Paul is advising here and how that just will continue to make uh, companies, situations like this, we, as we make this transformation from being in a pandemic to being in a place where now we have flexibility. See, that's a blessing. Those are blessings that come because God is honoring those who truly are fe- focusing on him and seeking after him. It's a blessing. So I don't know if you look at it that way, but that's the way I look at it. I mean, we're still living in the world, but there in the midst of living in the world, there are blessings that take place because we're honoring Christ. And we're doing so without having somebody looking over our shoulder or looking directly at us in the face and wondering what we're doing. Um, God is honoring that right now by showing flexibility. Before, Remember, before the pandemic, there was virtually no flexibility. There was no way that we would ever be able to have something like this. So this is a big deal, everyone. So stay focused on what God is teaching here in his word about making sure that you're not being, not talking back, not stealing, not taking from someone else, truly honoring Christ in secret, in private, okay? I mean, these are all things that we need to understand as we look at this. Okay. And when we look at Titus chapter 2, verse 11, Paul is reminding us about God's goodness, and how much he has shown to us. We have information. We are privy to things that obviously the old prophets in the Old Testament were not privy to. We have this total grace that's been revealed through salvation because Christ came and died on the cross for us. We have much more that we are dealing with here because we have this information and we act upon it. And so... That's what it says in verse 11, Titus 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. All people, slave or free, all people 
of all colors, all races, all people that we are aware of, male and female. We are all free in Christ if we follow Christ. And so the gospel simplifies a lot of convoluted stuff that comes out in the world today. We have a lot of people who don't know the Lord and are still seeking after the whatever is truth in their own mind. And unfortunately, what happens with that is that you have a lot of confusion in the world today. And do yourself a favor. Don't get caught up in that confusion. Stay focused on what Jesus Christ is doing. Remember, Christ died on the cross for all people. Everybody. No matter how, uh, how well that person knows Christ or how confused that person is about Christ, they're all in the same bucket. They're all in the same boat. We need to be praying for individuals who are struggling with understanding who they are, understanding what they are, understanding what life is about. Um, pray for protection from Satan. Satan is very deceptive. Satan will continue to cloud the minds of those individuals who are seek, trying to seek after truth. And unfortunately, that's what takes place all the time now. So are you praying outside of your own needs? Are you looking to the Lord and praying for individuals in your life who truly need to experience his goodness? It should be a daily prayer for you to pray for people that are within your circle of people that you know who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Please keep those individuals in prayer. Please keep lifting those individuals up in prayer. God hears the prayers of the righteous. It matters when you're praying for those individuals who are seeking after you. And it's also mentioned, go real quick to um, 2 Chronicles. Well, I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> 2 Chronicles, I believe it's, um, it's the verse where, it, uh, it's where Solomon's praying for, let me see if I can find it here. Make sure I get the right It's about Solomon, let's see, 7, chapter 7, that's not right. It's the verse where, it's the verse where he's seeking after, um, if, you, if the righteous will just stop and pray. Um, yes. I, I blacked out on the, on the it's verses, it's, it may be 7, 14. Second Chronicles 7, verse 14, I think that's it. Yep, just want to make sure I had it right. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 7, 14. That's what I wanted. Sorry about that. Just had a, a brief memory block. Second uh, Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves, and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and forgive their sin, and heal their land. Now, this is in the midst of Solomon um, finishing the temple and, and going to the Lord. And, and, of course, this verse is followed by other verses that are very pointed, and they point uh, basically back to Solomon as well, too. But the, the takeaway here is to look at what this verse is saying. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, get down before the Lord. Before you start thinking you're more important than somebody else, humble yourself before the Lord, and he'll show you. You've got your own work to do. Pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And this is not just being a Christian in speech, but being a Christian in actions, where you're turning away from those things that are keeping you away from fellowship with the Lord. 
you're getting those things away from your life or out of your life. You're turning away, getting away, turning away from your wicked ways, the things that are contrary to what Christ is teaching. Get them out of your life. That is what we need to be doing as a people as we seek the Lord. Then I will hear from heaven. Because remember, there's a conditional statement here in this passage. Then, after you do those things, humble yourself, pray and seek his face, turn from your wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's a conditional statement in this verse. So please keep that in mind as we look at this passage and look at our own behaviors as we are looking at this. And so let's go back to Titus chapter 2 and look what it says in verse 12. And we are instructed to what? Turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. Saying the same thing. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He is going to be revealed to us again Um revealed to us in a way that we will see him uh, when he makes his second coming and his return. But look at all the things that we have to be responsible for. He is making sure that we're understanding the important aspect of Christian living. We have to turn away from godless living, turn away from sinful pleasures, turn away from evil desires, focus on Christ, take those things that are distractions of Satan for your life and remove them from your life. So thank you for uh, allowing me to go through all that and wrestle with that, that passage to make sure that I'm saying it correctly and giving you the right one. But ultimately what it comes down to is that we've got to look at how to live for Christ and do so not just with um, words, but with actual words, but with actual deeds. That's what we need to see here. That's what's most important for us to look at. There are aspects of Christian living that we need to take part in. Um, and we need to make sure that we're doing those things that are honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. So how do we do that? How do we live for Christ now and today? Well, we, we frankly avoid those things that will cause us to stumble or avoid those things that cause us to lose focus. And that could be a lot of stuff. Amen? That could be TV stuff. That could be music. Um, I'm, I'm going to mention music very briefly only because music is something that is really, really uh, subtle in, in how it can distract you. Uh, I, I can't stress enough how important it is for you to be very, very careful about the music you choose to listen to. Um, for those of you who like hip-hop, you better make sure you're doing some proper editing. It is very subtle. Uh, the words that are being used in hip-hop, it's not appropriate in many cases. It certainly does not honor Christ. Um, unless it's those songs that are Christian rappers or something, you know, that type of thing. If you want to listen to that, that sounds okay to me, but just make sure that it's honoring the Lord Jesus Christ as you go. Um, but we want to make sure that we're living in such a way where we're avoiding those things that are taking us away from God's focus, and that's a lot of stuff. Uh, I think that it's important for you to be reading uh, books that are helpful as far as understanding uh, more about living a, the, in a good way. It tells good stories that encourage you. Uh, watch the material that you look at. I'm not a big fan of the news right now, and I haven't been for quite some time because I don't believe that the news is necessarily doing anything that is informing you per se. 
to help you uh, live a, a beneficial life. I think, if anything, there's a lot of messages there and messaging that uh, if you're not careful about it, you can wind up in a place that puts you uh, less dependent upon God and more dependent upon what is what the world is doing. Be very cautious of those things. This is just my opinion. It's, it's nothing more or less than that, but I think if you really look at it for what it is, it unless you're looking at programming like the, the preachers on the TV or looking at programs that are truly helping you to grow personally, uh, then there's not much uh, beneficial in, in what's on TV right now. And that's been going on for a long time. There was a reason why they called it the boob tube back in the day, okay? Um, that was a... Uh, uh, that term was 50 years ago when they were using the term boob tube. But yet it, the boob tube was basically a way where you could put kids in front of the TV and just let them stare at the screen. Uh, and it was giving parents more of an out as far as babysitting purposes. That's kind of what it was all about. That's what happened back at that time. So I'm just giving you a heads up on that. We need to be very aware of that. So what are we doing to look forward to Christ's return? Are you looking forward to Jesus' return? Uh, Every day that we go by, that goes by, we are one day closer to Christ's return. And I say that because I don't, I'm not saying that Christ's return is going to be tomorrow or, or any time this week, for that matter, uh, that's upcoming. The reality is, though, is that every day we go, that goes by, we are one day closer to his return. That is a fact. There is no other way to look at that. So what are you doing to prepare for Christ's return? Are you prepared to be with him? Are you prepared to be with him uh, are you prepared to fellowship with him, not just in prayer and with words, but now in person? Uh, that is what, that's one thing to look forward to. His very presence will be not just a spiritual presence, but a physical presence, something that we need to understand. That's one thing to look forward to. We, of course, know that we, we, our, our sin has been redeemed. And now, once we, as we continue to live and grow in Christ, as, we, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, uh, we already have the salvation because we trust in him, but now as he teaches us and he sanctifies us and gives us greater and greater understanding and knowledge and wisdom uh, in our relationship with him, there is going to be a crescendo that takes place where we'll be perfect in Christ. We'll be with him when he returns. That perfection will be realized at that point. So that's another thing to look forward to. Um, and frankly, the restoration of all creation. We are living in a sinful world right now. We live in a fallen world. But yet when Christ returns, uh, his complete rule of grace where he will rule, uh, that also uh, will be a restoration of the creation. In other words, there won't be any issues about uh, our fallen nature uh, that we have to reckon with. So all these things are things to look forward to when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. And I want you to pray about that too because we need to understand that we're living each day for Christ in such a way where we're giving honor to him and that he, we are glorifying him. And that is exactly what this is all about. That's what we need to be paying attention to here. Okay. So that's what we should be looking forward to. And we should be looking as we're living for him to make sure that we're doing what's necessary to live for him. We want to build his kingdom. We want to speak the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ to all those who are within the sound of our voice. We want to make sure that people know that we are Christians, that we have, we do speak for Christ. But understand something. There are a lot of people who are out there speaking for whatever they believe in. And we shouldn't have to try to drown anybody out, but we need to get in the game and be there. 
and speak about Christ. That's another thing, too. Um, Don't underestimate what God is doing in your life and working through you as you live for Christ because he, again, is going to open up pathways and doors for you that he's not opening up for other people. He is making sure that people who need to hear the truth about Christ are in your midst at some point in their in your life. That's what we need to understand here too. So don't waste a moment uh, thinking that God's not doing anything. God's not preparing. Well, that's a trick from Satan. God is doing a lot. God is doing much more than you realize. God is a God that works both publicly and behind the scenes. Amen? Behind the scenes. He doesn't tell you everything that he's doing, but he certainly is doing many things. And I, I trust that a lot of us, as we go forward here, now we're looking to coming out of a phase of our lives where we're kind of sheltered in place. And now we're going to be getting back out more into the world and having conversations with people. Are you ready for those conversations? Are you ready to express to other people how God's goodness has delivered you to where you are today? Are you ready to express to people God's goodness? Are you ready to talk to people about what God is doing in your life? And I would ask that you pray about that because we are at a different phase of life right now where we're being challenged to look to God, be obedient to his will, focus on what his word is, and focus on how we are to speak to others about Christ. Always being prepared and ready. Paul is telling Titus to keep teaching and stand firm on that teaching. In spite of false teachers being in his midst, he still needs to keep teaching these things. So that's what is being said to him here about looking forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ will be revealed. Let's go back to Titus 2. Let's look at verse 14. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Totally committed to doing good deeds. And we're doing the good deeds not just for the sake of doing good deeds. We're doing them because we're honoring our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of things about quid pro quo. You know, if I do this for you, you can do this for me. Well, that's not what this is. There's nothing like that at all. We do these good deeds because we truly want to do the good deeds, because we truly understand what it is to have a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to be obedient to him and to serve him. And we need to understand that because he is removing sin from our lives, he's cleansed us, he's cleansing us, he cleanses us the moment we ask for forgiveness for sin. And we have to ask for it, of course, but he immediately recognizes that sin and gets it out of your life and says that you have been cleansed from that sin. And so... We need to, he said, it says here that he freed us from sin. He redeemed us by purchasing our release from captivity of sin with a ransom. And that's back in Mark uh, 10, verse 45. Um, I, I won't get into all of that. We'll, we'll save that for another time. But he is, he basically paid a ransom from us. And that ransom, frankly, was his death on the cross. He gave his life for us so that we would have eternal life. And we will be free from that death sentence of sin. The death sentence of sin. If Christ did not do what he did on the cross for us, because guess what? We were all sentenced to death. And we were not going to have fellowship with the Lord because of our sinful nature. Um, no amount of sacrifices that the people were doing in the Old Testament were going to redeem them from this, uh, as far as those issues of 
uh, eternal life and being in fellowship with the Lord. But we need to recognize that we're also being purified. We're being purified. We're, we're growing daily as we trust and listen to the Holy Spirit as we remain obedient to him. We're growing daily. We're growing in all, in all ways, shapes, and forms with our behaviors, with our attitudes, the things that we hold on to, we don't hold on to anymore if they're not important. These are all things that we need to learn as we can continue our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We are purified from sin's influence as we grow in Christ. What does that mean? Those things that we used to do in sin, we don't do them anymore. Those things that we would readily do that were sinful, we just don't have a desire to do them anymore. We don't want to do them. That's called purification. That's called sanctification. If we are still stuck on those same sins from when you were before you were a believer and you're not being released from those, then something's going on that's not positive in your life. You should now, because you're focusing on Christ, recognize that you're not stuck on those sins anymore. You're making a recovery from that. And in many ways, a lot of us are in recovery for life. Amen? There are behaviors that a lot of us aren't proud of that we took part in when we were non-believers. We're not proud of them. We don't, we don't relish in them. They don't say, them were the good old days. No, those weren't the good old days. Uh, there was nothing good about anything that you were doing if you were, if you were sinning against God. So we don't relish on those things, and we're not proud of them, and we don't dwell on them either because we recognize that that's in the past, and our future is in Christ, and in our reliance upon Christ. And we are thankful that we are purified from sin's influence because of what Christ did for us on the cross and what he did for us when we became believers in Christ. The indwelling Holy Spirit helps us to see that those things that we were doing before were abominations before the Lord, frankly, and and we need to recognize that he has cleansed us with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us through those situations. So we need to make sure that we are living in such a way where we're honoring Christ. We are free from the sentence of death from sin. So we are to live in such a way where we're honoring Jesus Christ, uh, if for no other reason than for gratitude. How grateful are you right now for Christ's presence? How grateful are you for what he did for you on the cross many, many years ago? He took care of your sin, past, present, and future, because you believed in him, because you're trusting in him. And that's important for us to see, too. The world doesn't understand that. The world picks up the Bible or looks at you and says, I don't believe any of that stuff. Well, it, frankly, the Bible is written for people who really believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and want to know more about him. Um, the Bible is just another book to a non-believer. Uh, but if the Spirit is speaking to that person and is telling that person of the importance of Christ, then the Bible will make sense to that person because that's what Christ is doing to teach them. Verse 15, you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. And this is Paul again speaking to Titus. Titus 2, verse 15. You must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. So Paul is telling Titus to teach the scriptures as well as to live them. So Titus, you know, of course, he's not to be speaking these truths and then living like a clown when you know he's away from church or doing whatever he wants to do. He's supposed to be teaching these things and living in them in the same way. That's exactly what needs to be happening here. He's telling them to teach, encourage, and correct others when necessary because there will be needs for correction. Correction is necessary in many cases 
because people have a misunderstanding about Scripture or have a wrong teaching. Maybe they heard something from somewhere else that was incorrect, and there will be a need for correction. Uh, we've had to correct people here in our own church um, to make sure they understand the truth, and we need to do that publicly sometimes because if it comes out in a class or a class setting, and if we don't do that, then we're allowing people just to not think about what is the true meaning of what's being said. So we're going to be very active to correct people who are publicly saying things that are not correct. And I trust that those individuals who speak up and say those things, I, I hope they have a thick skin because that's going to be necessary. But correction is good in a lot of ways. There are things that we maybe have understood in Scripture before when we were younger. We find out in practicality it really wasn't what was being taught. It may be just more of an understanding that's being infused into the way you're thinking. But we need to go back and look at the context of everything we've looked at, look at what, the, what is being said here. Just like the idea about slavery. Um, we should correct people when we say that the Bible condones slavery. The Bible never condoned slavery. Our people in the past who were maybe uh, back during civil, the Civil War times and all that, they condoned slavery, but the Bible never did. So we need to understand the true teachings that are going on here and not infuse public opinion or thinking into reasoning. That's very, very important for all of us to remember. We must teach, encourage, and correct others when necessary. Um, there may be people who are older or wealthier who have influence in the community where you might hesitate to correct them. Well, they need to be corrected anyway because they're, if they're wrong, they're wrong. Look, the matter of if, if slaves and free people are being, ta uh, being taught in the passage here to act in a, such a way that is the proper behavior... You need to correct people, whether whatever age they're in, uh, if the truth is not being said, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And don't be threatened by someone's stature. If they're teaching incorrectly, then you tell them that because they need to hear that they're being taught incorrectly. First of all, understand something. What is the motivation for someone to teach incorrectly? There is all kinds of motivation for that person to teach incorrectly if they're trying to get over on something, if they're trying to get ahead on something, if they're trying to maintain influence. Understand something. That was the whole argument that the Pharisees and Sadducees had against Jesus. They didn't want Jesus to have influence. So they would say all kinds of things to try to throw him off his game. And of course, they never did. And that was to their consternation. And that was to the, their, frankly, their chagrin and their demise because we need to understand that Jesus was the truth right in their eyes, right before them. Speak the truth no matter what, no matter what is going on or where you are. Speak the truth. You do it all with hum, you know, humility, just as it says in Second Chronicles 7.14, be humble about it. Be humble with your approach, but speak the truth. Don't hesitate to speak the truth. Very important for us to see that. Okay. We've covered the passage very nicely here. I uh, wanted to make sure that we did that and did it in a timely manner so that we can uh, take these truths with us as we go forward today. And remember this teaching uh, that it's very important for us to always speak the truth. Stay obedient to his word, no matter who you're talking to, no matter who you're dealing with, no matter who you are as a person, whatever stature you're in, always be truthful, always live in truth. Live in such a way, even though no one's looking where you're honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that you set aside for us to just go over your word and go after truth and speak truth. 
I thank you, Lord, for recall. I thank you for helping me to remember a verse uh, that was very important for us to communicate today. I thank you for that, Lord, and I pray that all of us remember these words that are being said and go back and look at scriptures and passages and just go and, and put them on your minds, put them on our minds, and put them on our hearts that we remember what you have to say to us. Lord, we want to be obedient to you. We want to look to you. Help us to be strong in this area. Help us to resist temptation and those things that take us away from you and take our focus off of you. We thank you for the good results, Lord. We just thank you and give you honor, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for being here. God bless you all. Uh, For those of you in Akron, we'll see you down in Akron in about a half hour or so. Uh, Praise the Lord. and. Uh, many blessings uh, to all of you. We just want to make sure that you're just recognizing God's goodness in all things that you do. You guys take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.